What's up? This is Keyshawn Vaughn, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap here with Cody Carpentier as we are getting ready for the RosterWatch.com training camp tour. And as we're getting ready, we're keeping an eye, of course, on all the different training camps, everything that's happening as these things open, as these players are running around in, 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 in shorts and in shirts and in helmets before the pads get cracking, but there's still things that are happening. There are things that we need to keep up with and things that we certainly would want to keep you guys abreast of as we sort of gear up for this thing. And as we continue to tweak and hone in and make more mystical, magical, and mythical, the roster watch cheat sheets available at rosterwatch.com where all three versions are now available. Again, that's over at rosterwatch.com. The best way to support this content is by becoming a pro member at rosterwatch.com. All right, Cody, let's get into it. Uh, I figured, man, we got a whole grip of notes that we're just kind of keeping as we go through things we see across the old Twitter uh, timeline, things that we're hearing from people who we know at some of these camps. And I figured that, you know, for the sake of just making this thing not go three hours, we can just pick one thing from each division like, and, and, we'll, and we'll just switch off. We'll start out in the AFC. You can pick first. Let's pick one thing from the AFC South that is stood out to you. And I'm sorry for doing this and starting out in the AFC, which is farther down the page, the AFC South, halfway down the AFC page. It has no, it's a random, just totally random, very, very little coordination there. Uh, But anyway, AFC South, let's go, let's go Texans. Let's go Texans. Big things I kind of saw was John Mechie was clear for training camp today. I saw him out on the field running routes, looking good. Also saw a clip of Nico Collins out there making a catch, uh, a little bit of a push-off, I guess you'd say, kind of like the, the DJ Moore thing from yesterday. Um, but from C.J. Stroud, I don't really know what this Texan team is going to look like, but I do know that these two receivers look healthy and they're on the field and they're potential weapons for uh, C.J. Stroud that could potentially help us in Superflex late in those drafts when you know uh, the ultimate draft cheat sheet is sometimes giving you Stroud and Young later on, and and seeing weapons in Texas is in Houston, Texas is kind of get get me a little excited. Well, it's I mean if you just look at it too, it's like I mean we're talking for Mechie. I don't even I mean I'm looking at the Fantasy Pros ADP stuff. It's like I mean he's going what two twenty eight overall wide receiver seventy four. Nobody's well, yeah. taking, nobody's taking him. I mean people are taking guys like you know, Isaiah Hodgins and, you know, Rashid Shahid and Hunter Renfro, Curtis Samuel. That's the area that Mechie's going in. So sort of one of your last picks of your fantasy football draft and season long managed leagues, but somebody who could be somewhat interesting. There was the other reporting that came out that, you know, and this is all just speculation stuff, but um, there was, there were some people that were saying that Nico Collins, I know trash man's been on this and it's, it's not much of a hot take, to to you know go along with the narrative that some people have that Nico Collins looks like CJ Stroud's favorite wide receiver to start the fact of the matter is we've heard this narrative all throughout OTAs 
and all throughout mini camps dating back to May, where it switched off. At first, it was Tank Dell. You know, then for a while they said, well, Nico Collins is obviously his favorite guy. And, you know, now we're getting Mechie back. It's going to be interesting to sort of follow along. Trashman is going to be at Texans camp. I think he goes to Chicago first, and then he's getting back to the Texans camp for their joint practices with the Dolphins. And so we'll get to – and that's sort of a cool mix. I'll bet you those are two teams that practice well together given that uh, McDaniel and D'Amico – we're both there with the 49ers for so long. They probably have similar practice styles. That that should be a, a good setup for them and a good, you know, uh, a good a good efficient practice that we'll be able to take in as far as watching those two teams, as far as watching those two teams together. Do you have at ADP right now a favorite Houston Texans wide receiver? Um, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the ADPs right now. So John Mechie is wide receiver 74. Nico Collins is going as wide receiver 59, so around 167 overall. And then as far as Tank Dell, is he going after Mechie? Yeah, he's going way after Mechie at 249. I don't see much of a difference between Dell and Mechie. Yep. I mean, yeah, I would say probably my favorite right now, God, it has to be Nico just because Nico's been there for a couple of years now, and he more so resembles kind of what – and again, I'm not comparing him to Marvin Harrison, but he more so resembles that body type of what CJ Stroud had last year. It's a big body, and it's a guy that's – he's not a veteran, but he's been there for a couple years. And honestly, in this receiving room, he might be the the the, the vet of the group as far as being um, – having the most talent, the most upside overall in football right now. So I like Betchy, but again, he's a, technically a rookie. Tank Dell, obviously a rookie with great routes. Xavier Hutchinson's there. It's not an exciting group, but it is an interesting group. And I think if I'm going to latch myself to one, it's probably going to be Nico again, even though I still like, I've been on Nico just like Trashman the last couple of years. And I just, I want a little more. I want a little more. And hopefully, hopefully, well, yeah, you, 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 you deserve a little more. <laughs> you, you think you, you, you should want more in life than the production you've gotten out of Nico. Oh, man. Cody, Cody, you, you can't keep living like this, brother. You can't keep settling. Uh, I also just one other quick thing, you know, it, it should be a team that's in position to be throwing the football a lot, right. As far as how you're, as, as far as the way you're projecting these game scripts. Um, so just with that being said, I did notice that there were some nice clips. Damian Pierce is such a good ball catcher. I saw him catching so like the, dude, the way he frames the football outside of his body to where he just gets his first step up field so fast. He's not a he's not a super fast guy, but he's 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 he has that economy of motion as a receiver that we saw at the senior bowl that was very, very obvious. Um, you can see that he has that connection developing with with CJ Stroud. And so if it is a team that we're projecting to be in these negative game scripts that we don't like for running backs, maybe there's a little bit of air there. A, li- a little bit of runway for Damian Pierce to be involved, even in those sort of come from behind scenarios, even though people are sort of counting him out of that just because they brought in Devin Singletary. Um, okay. So I'll go next. And for the AFC East, let's just, man, how about we talk about the jets? I think there's a bunch of interesting things with the jets. So you, I've been, um, I've, I've had to do some other work all morning. So I did not see the Garrett Wilson stuff. Did you see what happened? Like, did you have you seen video of Garrett Wilson with the ankle earlier? And you know, they said he's limping off the field, so he wasn't carted off. That's good. He limped yep. off. Um, I wonder. I just I'd like to see video before we comment on it too much. I'd like to know whether he was helped off. Whether it was one. Uh, no, I didn't see a video of 
Garrett go down, but I did see him limping off. I also just see another tweet come across the board. Jalen Ramsey was just carted off. Uh, he had a leg injury now. Just oh. now. Not, not fantasy relevant, but it's Jalen Ramsey. Oh, it literally it? just popped up on the timeline. It's um, fantasy relevant but, to me, and then I got to go into the matchup algorithm, and now the strength of yeah. schedule tools are going to need to get – well, we'll see what it, we'll see what it says. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But it's because Donovan Wilson, they, they acted like that was a big deal. The first day, who was it? Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Yeah. Um, I thought that was going to be a season ender the way that they were talking about it. So we'll reserve judgment, but man, I don't want to go fix those strength of schedule tools. Yeah. So I didn't, but I didn't see anything on Garrett Wilson. I did just see him uh, limping out the field, but he was under his own power. So that's a positive, right? And uh, I'm assuming they're going to take it easy with him uh, probably for the next week minimum, uh, regardless of if it's, if it's, even if it's good or even if the situation is fine. So. It's a scary one, though, especially given his ADP and our expectations for him this year and yeah, this entire offense. It changes the entire dynamic of the offense if he's. Well, we're not going to move. Him, we're not going to move him down on the cheat sheet until we know Correct. more, right? And yeah. because it could just be minor. The the one thing that can like just the one thing that sucks about it is God. It looked like he was developing such a chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, and even if it's even if it's minor, we've seen that. Dude, once you get this scare in training camp, they say, nope, bu- bubble wrap for you. Um, and yeah. I mean, it should be bubble wrap from the very beginning anyway. It, it, you know, and th- th- this is these aren't the kind of practices where you expect to see guys get hurt. They're, they're, they're not even going full speed yet. They're not taking each other down yet. They're all staying up. I, I mean, in these in these team drills, they're basically walkthroughs. I mean, I saw that in the team drills for one team, they had their helmets off. Like, that's how much they care about, like, that's a good way to guarantee that, that everybody stays up and that nobody yep. goes too hard. So um, I, I think that with Garrett Wilson, at some point Aaron Rodgers was going to be put in bubble wrap anyway during this preseason. And so we can say, you know, not that much time is going to get missed with him, right, as far as their ability to connect, their ability to establish that connection with with one another. But you just hope that Garrett Wilson's okay enough to where it's like, all right, we, we yeah, he's going to be one one hundred percent by week one, and also during the time that they have uh, you know off and maybe away from the away from the team, away from those team settings where they can just get some good one on one work going, and that's what we should hope for. Next man up, what Alan Lazard? That's that's got to be the the incumbent because Corey Corey Davis is also not I mean not that we expect much out of him but he's not even he's not practicing right now either so that's got to move up Alan Lazard I've seen a little Jason Brownlee pop so I mean it's yeah I mean it falls off quick oh it's Lazard yeah it's 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 Lazard for sure and yeah yeah this gives a little bit of a daylight to to a guy like Miko Hardman I would say to you know kind of show his wear show he's a little bit more of a a well-rounded wide receiver than a gadget guy, which I'm not exactly sure that he's going to be able to show, but he certainly has the wheels. Um, the other thing about the Jets, you know, there's this stuff about Dalvin Cook, and, I mean, we just have to talk about it. So Dalvin Cook is showing up there. I agree with our friend Nate Liss, who on Twitter just said, uh, he just quote tweeted, I believe it was Craig Carton, who who originally had the Dalvin Cook news, and now it's looking like he did, Dalvin did actually fly up there. Um he said that if this is if this goes down, you know Dalvin Cook is the perfect guy for us to really envision Aaron Jones globbing onto for the next two years. He's the kind of guy who he's seen in division. Um, he's he's the kind of player who I think he'd like to have in the backfield with him. Maybe you could. T- I'm not sure. It was like last year? I think he had a pretty bad. When I was looking at it, his PFF grade for pass protection wasn't that great last year. I don't know if that was an anomaly. Whether you've noticed before is a, probably a closer observer of the Vikings than I am. Um, 
But like, if if Dalvin goes to the Jets, I'm thank goodness we haven't been getting that much Brees Hall. We've been worried because of the injury stuff. With that being said, what is what what do you make of Brees Hall for redraft this year with this Dalvin Cook stuff happening? Does this give you any more hesitancy than you had previously? I mean, no. I literally the the day that we had uh, Dr. David Chow on the Sirius Channel, uh, Sirius XM Channel eighty seven on Saturday, he talked about he's like. I'm very hesitant. I'm a year away next year. I'll be all in on Brees Hall, but where the ADP's at, he's like, I'm out. I can't do it. And then then that was like, even hearing Dalvin Cook's name get mentioned, is he at a Bannacana guy drafted? Michael Carter's healthy. I mean, uh, Zonovan Knight's still, they're like, there's just so many guys there. And they're kind of telling you something without telling you something. Bingo. Bingo. Yep. So, and then you bring up Dalvin Cook and, and what Dalvin Cook can do uh, in the passing game. That's what he, I mean. He's always been great in the passing game, in the screen game. That's kind of where he made his. He was good. He had back to back to back to back thousand yard rushing seasons. But the screen game is really where he dominated Minnesota, and that's where it was fun. And you could see it coming two miles away when it was going to happen during those Viking games, and they'd pop him out there on the screen. And he that's where he works good. He works good in pass pro. He works good outside the box and. It just it brings another dynamic, I think, to the to the Jets' offense, especially pairing him with Aaron Rodgers. So, um, I, I think it feels like it's a feels like it's a foregone conclusion. It's done. He's going to be a Jet, but we'll see in the next coming days what happens. Yeah, I mean that could be the money that they were clearing up with the Aaron Rodgers stuff. Not your cock, not your cock, and maybe Devonte Adams takes. <laughs> I mean, but 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 let's be honest. Like they opened up twenty million, and you look at Dove Cook. Like what what's he gonna? No, he, he's, not gonna that. he's not going to get that. He's not going to get – he might not get, you know, $6 million. I, I, I just – He'll get he'll get Joe Mixon money. He'll get just under six. Okay, but, that's fair. That's fair. That's a fair number. Um, okay, so let's – why don't you pick uh, – wh- like why don't you go AFC West? Beautiful. I was hoping you were going to say that. I want to go to the Chiefs wide receiver room. All right, so Tony just got obviously had surgery, and I was uh, pulled a couple of quotes from Matt Nagy, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, and he was talking about Richie James, Rashi Rice, Justin Ross, and Sky Moore, and all these guys are very interesting to me. And Rashi Rice, of course, the rookie at SMU, we love him. But one thing that really, um, I actually was talking to my my boy Matty Kuhn about this last night was was how do I decipher these comments and kind of where uh, it, it tells us that Matt Nagy has these guys in his head. He said about Richie James, he says, he talked about his ability to tempo his routes and connect with Patrick Mahomes consistently. Rashi Rice, Nagy and Rashi Rice, every day he's made incremental improvements. And then about Justin Ross and Sky Moore, he goes, I relate it to Sky Moore. Sky Moore last year came in here. He was drinking out of a fire hydrant. There was a lot of stuff coming at him, and you can't play fast. It's hard It's hard to play fast as a rookie. Now you get a second-year player, and it's somewhat the same way for Ross. So what that tells me is that Richie James and, – and, again, I haven't heard anybody talk about a, a receiver for the Chiefs the same way as anybody has about Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill is the best at tempoing his routes and getting open and finding that spot for Patrick Mahomes. And, again, I'm not comparing Richie James to Tyreek Hill, but I'm saying – we haven't heard that comment about any receiver in this in this offense before. So that's interesting, I thought. And then the everyday incremental improvements about Rashi Rice tells me he's a rookie. He's drinking out of a fire hydrant right now, and he's at the bottom of this list. Justin Ross, Sky Moore, very interesting to me that um, they're both taking that step up. And I think Sky Moore probably obviously ahead of Justin Ross, but even Justin Ross being in the same conversation with Sky Moore is interesting. That's kind How of kind bad of, for Sky. It's kind of bad for Sky, but also – like we're not hearing anything negative about him. And, and from the Juju, we heard some comments from Juju over this offseason about Sky being that guy. 
Sky got a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I think they like like the offense. I think the team overall likes Sky, but also hearing comments about Richie James and Justin Ross. How do you kind of decipher all four of those? Well, I just I think that well, Richie James and Justin Ross, you can get at the very tail end of your drafts with Sky Moore. You're having to take him now at the 11, 12 turn is where you know I don't I don't hit. I, keep, I don't have his exact ADP pulled up, but I've done enough of these sims since we boosted down Tony and we got Sky Moore up a little bit to give us an option for a late wide receiver. It's usually around the 12th round. Um, so uh, it's a little bit of a higher price uh, for the types of players who you, who you can get there. But I, 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 I mean, he's Sky Moore, dude. He's a, I mean, he's, 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 he's an original Cody Carpentier dog for sure. And we love him. And I'm, I'm going to go with the players who I love that I've evaluated really, really highly. And that's why we do this work. That's why we spend the money to go do this stuff. It's like we got the eval on Sky Moore. We've seen him live. We know how he moves. We know how he acts. We, we, we know the kind of player and the kind of person he is. With Rashi Rice, we've gotten to see him live as well. We've done a lot of intel work on Rashi Rice. We've talked to the people at SMU about him. We've talked to people who've played with him. We have the book on him right and what Trashman will always say about rashi rice is that and it's funny you mentioned incremental improvement because that's what Trashman always said at the senior bowl if you remember cody yeah, he was saying every day, well, every day he, got he said i don't care what you say about rashi rice he's gotten better every day and i, I guess that was tr- true right i guess that was kind of true um my initial disappointment in him from day one it n- didn't you know it kind of stuck with me as a little bit of a bias i guess but you know, we, we can't completely discount him because those routes that aren't being run by Kadarius Tony now they're saying are pretty much going to him. So, uh, you know, we'll keep an eye on that as well. Maybe Rashi Rice moves up. But the guy who I'm just going to be most interested, like I'm, I'm putting my chips on the guys who I know that I've done my eval work on who, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let last season sway me away from Sky Moore, especially whenever you hear guys like Juju talking about the fact that the wide receiver room is going to be in good hands specifically because of players like Sky. Bingo. Bingo. You want to win your fantasy draft? No, I mean, like really. Do you really, really, really want to win your fantasy draft? Because you can win your fantasy draft with the RosterWatch Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet, available at rosterwatch.com. It's the revolutionary cheat sheet to change fantasy football forever, and it's the only tool you'll need this draft season. You've heard RosterWatch live on SiriusXM Radio here on the podcasts from all the NFL training camps. Now all you have to do is follow the three simple rules at the top of the sheet of paper using the RosterWatch cheat sheet. That's it. Three rules. An expert quality draft is guaranteed if you follow the three simple rules. Guys, it couldn't be easier. The RosterWatch Ultimate Draft Cheat Sheet. You can't afford to draft without it. It's available now and only at RosterWatch.com. Which one have we not done? AFC, AFC North. North. Okay. Well, we talked to some Ravens on the on the Twitter Spaces yesterday. If you guys missed that and you listen to the podcast, go to the website. I put a link to the Twitter Spaces, or you can just go to Cody's um, Twitter at what Carpentier NFL. He tweeted yep. it out. But I put a couple easy links on the website rosterwatch.com. You can go listen. Cody and I were on for thirty minutes yesterday, breaking some of that stuff down. So the Ravens talk. You guys can. Um, you guys can listen to that. Um, let's just, I mean, let's, I'll, I'll say with the Browns, it's like, this is the same drum beat we've just kept hearing about Elijah Moore. Uh, like we're getting a ton of him with the cheat sheets. I'm really, really hoping that his ADP doesn't creep up so much to where it becomes cost prohibitive to get him right now. It just simply isn't, you know, you can make, it's generally in that point in drafts and 
like I said, I've done so many of these sims. You get speed blind with which round it is, but he's, he's in that point in drafts right now where you can you're making a choice between a guy like Elijah. You can push up Elijah Moore to where you're making a choice between a guy like him and cross positionally maybe a player like um, Devon A. Chain or um, Samaj P. Ryan or one of these sort of you know PPR guys who you could have interest in. Uh, if, if you're looking for leverage in, in certain spots there versus the starters in those roles. And to me, it's been just like a smash to be able to get Elijah Moore. And you put the quote in here that Greg Newsom, he said, the NFL better watch out for him. He's honestly the best I've ever went against. And he's gone, you know, I mean, if you think about the players that that guy's gone against in his NFL career and the players he's gone yep. against in practice, um, that certainly says something to me. And then, uh, furthermore, I was listening to, you know, I love listening to my guy, Mike, Mike, Michael Lombardi on his show. And he had a Cleveland Browns writer on the other day on the Lombardi line on, on VEASAN and completely un like, uh, you know, completely un um, unprovoked. Yeah. Unprovoked. Right. It wasn't something it w- like a leading question didn't lead to this. Right. They were just talking about the offense this year. And he said like, well, Deshaun Watson's got this. He's like, he's got all this weapons. Like, you know, Nick, Nick Chubb, you know, he's bound for a big year. And like, and like he, and like, he's got guys out there like Elijah Moore and all the, you know, he, like the first guy he mentioned wasn't Amari Cooper. Yeah. He's like, the first guy he mentioned was Elijah Moore. I, I found that, I, I found that interesting. So more of a drumbeat for Elijah Moore continuing here. I can't wait to see if it continues through practice because, you know, he's one of the players that we loved so much coming out. We've been waiting on his situation was obviously so messed up last year with the Jets. And, um, that's the reason for the for the depressed ADP, and I'm I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the ADP stays depressed, so we can continue getting what looks like excellent value. So my question off of that, um, Elijah Moore looks like wide receiver 55, Sky Moore wide receiver 56. If you had to pick one in a draft, oh you, it, yeah, no, I mean it's, that's built into the sheet. You take a lot. I like I, I'll pull up the sheet right. Like I'll I'll tell you exactly where I have Elijah Moore priced right now in PPR. So if I look on the PPR. I think that's just an interesting dynamic though, because a lot of people, I think on the surface, uh, maybe a lot of people that aren't our listeners would say, well, Sky Moore is attached to Patrick Mahomes in that offense. Kid Aries Tony's gone. Why isn't he the wide receiver one? Why wouldn't I want the wide receiver one connected to Patrick Mahomes without, you know, forward thinking, right? I'll take Elijah Moore before I take Michael Pittman. Ooh, I like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're, they're players who, you know, and I don't know. I'm not necessarily saying that that's how the cheat sheet's built. Right. Like, but you're not going to get Michael Pittman. You're going to get, you're, you're, you're going to get a lot. You're very likely going to, going to get Elijah Moore. I mean, you're talking about a guy who you can get in the same area where you're getting, I mean, I, these players are good, but he, he, Elijah Moore's – I mean, Gabriel Davis or Elijah Moore, we're talking like Traylon Burks, a number two wide receiver, or Elijah Moore in a whole, completely different kind of offense. Jah- Jahan Dotson is a number two. I just – I think you stack Elijah Moore up as a prospect versus those guys coming out, and you yeah. throw away what happened last year, and you you know, you know add in the fact that he really seems like he's – it really seems like he's fitting in well there in Cleveland. Yeah. I just Deshaun Watson. If if Deshaun Watson is the quarterback that we expect him to be, if he returns to form, then he's got the best quarterback situation out of anybody in any of these guys that I just mentioned. He's a number two. He's got a better pedigree as a prospect. I mean, what are we doing? So yeah, like I would take him over Sky. I, I think he should he should be in a different in a different tier, and his placement on the sheet doesn't um, 
his placement on the sheet is just it just exists for the prospect of making sure that your roster is balanced and if you end up going a little bit running back heavy at first the sheet will bring you back to wide receivers in a way to where elijah moore is probably going to be one of them that is a life preserver receiver it's like a wide receiver three as you continue on down the uh down the old chichi rabbit hole i like that um okay so are you picking next or wait so i picked that so yep. you're up for why don't you go to the nfc all right, so NFC, let's go to the – we talked about the Saints already yesterday. Again, get, you can listen to, to the Twitter spaces. Go to rosterwatch.com. I think it's the first article that's up on the ticker. You can hear Cody and I going over some of this other stuff. Yeah, so but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay in the NFC South with this one here. Um, I saw a little bit on Sean Tucker and Keyshawn Vaughn. I know this is a backup running back situation here, but it's interesting because Sean Tucker uh, was working out where he hasn't because he's had the heart issue all spring and summer. Uh, Tucker looks smooth in his limited work, had some catching up to do um, in regards to learning the offense, but the running back who looked very good was second stringer Keyshawn Vaughn, who's decisive with his cuts, seems to be a tick quicker than last year. This and is like the Sophie's choice for Byron, you know, where you got to pick one of your two kids in that that horrible book. Like for Byron, these are two of the these are two two of his sweetest babies as far as whenever he was doing his um whenever he's been doing his evaluation work. I mean, he was so much higher on Sean Tucker than than the rest of us. He just he he, he fell in love with his with his uh, with, with his film, and he didn't take into consideration everything that yep. was going on with the medical and everything like that. But he said if that if if that wasn't there, he would yep. have been like he would have been like right there, you know, clearly Bijan Gibbs and those you're gonna have these guys up. But he's you know he would have been cracking into his top five as far as an overall talent in this class. So I mean, the guy certainly has talent. Um, if the hardest, I mean, if like if he's on a football field and they've cleared him for the whatever the hard thing was. Yeah. Then I I would it didn't like it's an angle it's like it's not going to make him slower. It's yeah. not going to you, you know. I mean be, I hope he's not taking any sort of risk to his health or anything like that, but if we're evaluating what he's going to do for us in fantasy, it's like what I mean, do we really even think about this stuff? No. I I mean other than I mean it's either really what it is is either, you know, like a, I don't know. I think if he's cleared then they're not going to be worried about like a cardiac arrest he's or heart fine. attack, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we have to take that completely out of it if they were if they're the doctors you know this hard stuff like with star with star latulele and yep. then there was the stuff with hearst who got drafted by the, the d lineman hearst that got drafted by the raiders like sometimes these guys have these things that kind of flag up and stuff and they just kind of it's like well that's a some kind of little i don't know I don't, who, who knows i don't know like some yeah. atrial, blah 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 and it's like it's not going to affect them like until they get 60 years old and they might have take medicine for blood clots or like it, yeah. you know what i'm saying like if they're cleared to play football they're they're cleared to play football Yep. And so my question that comes down to is Vaughn looks better. You guys famously watched Vaughn at the senior bowl. That was a senior bowl. I did. I was not at, but Vaughn supposedly had a good senior bowl there. And the last couple of years have been tough for him. Um, I didn't see anything on Chase Edmonds, who's also in this backfield. And I think he's probably just a dust ball and gone. It seems like it's going to be Tucker versus Vaughn for this RB two spot. Um, Do you know what's so funny with this, Cody? Like, like we're, and and as we're talking about this number two spot, and as everybody's talking about this number two spot, and they're just assuming that we know that Rashad White is the clear number one. Everybody's just assuming that we just know that. It's like it's so well known on the Bucks beat that that guy is the, the far and away clear number one that there's all these heated discussions had about running back two. It's yep. like it didn't even a question. There, like he's the one. He's the one that the media people are trotting out every day. Did you hear his prediction that they're going to win twelve games? 
Rashad said that. Yeah, that they're going to win twelve Ooh. games this year. Like, so they're 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 trotting him out there. He's making these big claims. He's talking all this stuff. Like, so uh, that's another thing. Just a little a little bit of a subtext. The fact that we're talking about you know that they're bickering over who looks like the running back too. It goes without saying among everybody that watches this team every day and who follows it so closely that Rashad White truly is the truly is the one. So uh, it gives you a little bit more confidence in some of these you know middle round. I hate to say it, but these cockamamie zero RB builds that I've I've uh, felt so dug in against in, in my past. Um, there are some players, man, through, this, through through these middle rounds that you can at least take a stab on and not feel too too icky about. It's a starting running back, and I mean, we just talked about Dalvin Cook, who's not even on a roster right now. We're predicting he's going to be on a roster, going RB twenty one, two spots ahead of Rashad White. J.K. Well, Dobbins injured practice right there, RB twenty. That, like that's horrible. Yeah, so that's horrible. We have on. Do you know how many, we have? We have Rashad White on the cheat sheet. Um, we have Rashad White. How many spots ahead? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven spots. Eleven running back spots ahead of Dalvin. Yeah, and it's going to stay that way it, unless unless until we know Paul's, where Dalvin goes. Yeah. And even if we know where he, even if we know where he's going, if he's going to the Jets. Uh, I think it's going to be, dude, it's going to be a lot more of a pain in the ass to people who have Brees Hall than it's going to be a huge boon to people who have Dalvin Cook. Yep. So, yep. okay. Um, let's, was there anything else with the Bucks that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, just, I mean, something between you and I was uh, Kalijah Kansi. We talked about the, uh, the the defensive run grades and stuff like that and, and what this team was going to look like. Kalijah Kansi already looking incredibly disruptive first day of camp. So, Again, we'll see what that looks like, but I need to get the scouting grade up. But I mean, you're 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 right. Our scouting grade that I had on Kansas, like our scouting grade that I had on Kansas, is not good enough. Yeah. So I need to get it up, and I mean, we'll keep an eye on the Jalen Ramsey situation here through this afternoon and through tomorrow as we're kind of monitoring this stuff more and making some updates to the cheat sheets before these kind of super, super early redraft league kick off this weekend. So we'll get those strength to schedule tools updated with, with, with those, at at least those two things and hopefully knock on wood, not too many other injuries. I I did forget one more thing with the bucks and this is going to be my trash man. Take this is my undercovered one here, but gauge Russell gauge hasn't been practicing. And and there was one comment that said, if, if gauge doesn't return to action soon and perform well, he could slide down the team's depth chart. Is there any way that I can mute that I can, Mute, mute your mic. <laughs> I can. <laughs> I just, I, just I, I, I can mute you. I'm sorry. I was just, I was just making sure in case you got too trashy. So <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Trey Palmer. Period. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, hey, dude. You, I mean, he's definitely one of your dogs, right? He's definitely one of your dogs. Um. Okay. Uh, let me pull up. Did I somehow? I accident. I accidentally. Uh, closed i was going to the adp tab and i closed out too too busy trying to mute me x out all the shit <laughs> so we talked did, did we talk did we talk nfc north yet we didn't no okay so nfc north um how about this stuff about just uh, the continuing drumbeat about sam laporta um there i mean he's he's running he's the rookie tight end he's running with the ones he's got the starting job he is, he's, he's earned it. He's good. He's going to be in a good offense. He's going to play indoors. It's a, it's a, it's a team that last year, what Kansas city had 16 touchdowns to their tight ends. The only team behind them was Detroit. Um, 
what, like 13 touchdowns to, to tight ends last year. Just, I mean, just a, a crazy, crazy, crazy year for uh, tight end scoring there in Detroit. And you bring in Laporta, who's going to be like the starter. It's not going to be this weird mix down in the red zone of Brock Wright and Shane Zilstra and James Mitchell. Maybe it is, but Laporta is going to be the starter. And they're saying that he's earned it. What was the what was the quote? Um, he's earned the right now to be in that first team huddle with Goff in that offensive line. He's still making mistakes, still learning. We're putting a lot of pressure on him to pick it up. I think he's in a really good spot for a first year tight end. That was Ben Johnson, who had that quote about Laporta after practice. So keep an eye on Sam Laporta. His ADP starting to rise a little bit. I took him the other night in that Pros versus Joe's draft on FFPC, and I was watching another one that occurred. I think they're having him. I guess all, all this week and thanks to the FFPC for doing those certainly a lot of fun, but the um, I was seeing Laporta go off the board that that's a 20 round draft. I was, I took him, you know, I think 15th round, something like that. You see him going off the board a a little bit earlier and earlier. So uh, just somebody to keep in mind there and somebody who I think, dude, I think in a typical 12 team league where you go one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex, or three run, three wide receivers, one flex, one defense, one kicker, seven bench spots. With your last pick in your draft, you can get Sam Laporta right now. If you just completely punt tight end, you can get Sam Laporta. Now, with strength of schedule, and the strength of schedule tool is brutal, but you're not going to get everything when you're talking about a, a last yep. pick in your draft. So uh, that will be mine from the NFC North. I, I, we can talk about Mus- – maybe we'll wait for the Sirius XM show to talk about Musgrave. That goes a yeah. little bit deeper. Yeah. Okay. I, um, I, my my thing on, on the Lions, you brought it up. I think it's the best thing. It's it's Sam Laporta. We've talked about the strength of schedule and stuff like that uh, pertaining to the Lions. But also when you look at this offense, um, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. And uh, Marvin Jones isn't practicing right now. And the one person that's getting compliments is Antoine Green, the the rookie wide receiver from North Carolina who runs like a 4-4. Like that's the guy that's getting the compliments right now. So you're talking about Amon Ron who had 146 targets last year, twice as many as the next player who was DeAndre Swift who's not on the roster anymore. So you have to think like the funnel of targets should stay similar to what it was last year, right? Amon Ra should get that big bank, that big 140, 150. The running back position, Gibbs, Montgomery should get, you know, the the 70 to 100 combined, I would say, between the two. But then you look at that tight end position. It was TJ Hawkinson. It was Brock Wright, Shane Zilstra, and James Mitchell. And they combined for about 95 targets last year. I don't know how Sam Laporta doesn't pay off. Uh, I, th- I think he's better than uh, Shane Zilstra. I think he's better than James Mitchell. Brock Wright's going to get his his run blocking opportunities, but Laporta should definitely be out there just because of the, the the lack there of talent. I think in the overall passing game in this offense. But not only that, but like the the just the funnel. I guess you'd say or. Um, I think is how I'm trying to say it, the, the funnel of targets where it's going to be Amon Ra, it's going to be Jameer Gibbs, it's going to be uh, Sam Laporta, and maybe you mix in Marvin Jones if he's healthy a couple games. Like that's that's kind of my expectation of that. All right. We got is, – is the NFC East and NFC West the only two that we have left? Bingo. Why don't you pick one from the East? All right. NFC East. Um, let's go to the – Washington Commanders. Antonio Gibson anticipates being in the J.D. McKissick role this year, contributing on third downs and end-of-half situations. And this only shoots a memory into my brain from a game just a couple years ago. Uh, End-of-half, screen ball, Antonio Gibson, 86 yards, makes three guys miss, goes all the way to the house. That's something that Brian Robinson can't do. That's something J.D. McKissick never did. Antonio Gibson's a -a one-of-a-kind player, and uh, 
he's been a best ball guy, you know, the, the cliche or best ball only guy. He's been a best ball guy forever, I think. Um, but as far as fantasy goes, I think he's a better overall running back than Brian Robinson. We've both seen Brian Robinson at the senior bowl and in these locations. And I think we, we talked early on, especially during the combine and things like this, about what the Eric B enemy uh, offense is going to bring to the riders or to the running back position. We saw Jerick McKinnon last year. Uh, set the the franchise record for receiving touchdowns. Antonio Gibson's got a big role here, not only the J.D. McKissick role, but also a Jarek McKinnon type role. And we know he can do it out of the backfield, 225 plus pounds. So I'm interested. I'm still interested um, in him. The team is is meh, but I'm still, I'm always going to be interested in Antonio Gibson. I mean, just think about it. I mean, it's and it's also a, a fail safe against Sam Howe if he can't be. I, mean, I thought he's looked. I thought he's looked a little bit good in some of the routes you've seen him um, him throwing to McLaurin and stuff at, at at practice. But that's against air. I haven't seen any, you know I haven't seen anything in team drills or anything yet. That'll be soon enough for sure. Again, uh, kicking off the the training camp tour here shortly, where this will be ground zero here, bringing you all the information that you need to know from these camps. But if if for some reason, Sam Howell struggles with driving the ball downfield, driving it across the field. It, you know, that's a that that Antonio Gibson's a, a dynamic yards after catch dump off option that he can certainly utilize. So, and another thing is Washington insiders that are at every single practice, every single practice, every single team period told us at the combine that their thoughts about Eric Bieniemy was that the biggest beneficiary of his system was going to be Antonio Gibson. So something to keep in mind there. He doesn't have all of the organizational hate that some people would have you believe. There are, there are people in an organization, people who work closely with the coaching staff who really think he's a very talented player. Okay. Um, do you want to choose? Do you, okay. So I'll choose the last one. NFC, NFC West. Kind of a dead division as well. As far as news, you want to talk about? I mean, look, I'll just like we'll talk about Kyler, like in the Cardinals. A couple things. I mean, I saw Michael Wilson running some routes yesterday, just looking like Michael Wilson, slow, steady, just good player. He like he he looks good. I'm not sure if the volume is going to be there. I'm not sure what the quarterback situation is going to be like with him. You see the pictures of Kyler Murray where he's carrying the big. Um, what, what Cody, what is it in, in, in weightlifting and like seal training, that big, like body, that hero role thing you, you have the sandbag. Here? Yeah. But like the big, long, the big long tube one, that's like a, I don't, I forget what it is. It's got the, the yokes on it. Maybe I, it has a name. Like I see people at the gym, they have it and they, and, and they go down on one knee and they come up, but he had, he had one of those things on where he was like walking in sand and stuff like this. Um, James Connor says that he looks amazing. But here's the other thing, dude. James Conner keeps gets keeps getting put in front of the media, and the more and more you look at it, and the more and more you look at the on-off splits when Kyler's been on the field and stuff, you look at the players who are behind him. James Conner, to me, as gross as it feels, is beginning to begin become somebody. Another one of these guys, then that Rashad White. I mean, the, the, in this kind of, I hate to call it like a dented can, Ben. You know, like a, <laughs> but you know, like, but. You just, I mean, these guys, you get to the James Connors and the, like the Javante Williams and the Rashad White, this kind of area, and you, you have questions about these players in fantasy. I mean, they have, they have their warts, but it's beginning to where you can kind of, you can make bull cases for them. And what you're having to give up to get these kinds of players is what I've begun to feel like is a little bit of a wide receiver dead zone. 
Like I've, I like I people talk about the running back dead zone. There's some of these wide receivers that I that I worry about, right? The Michael Pittmans, the DJ Moores. I don't care about that picture from DJ Moore yesterday. You know, there are these there's there there are some of these guys that I don't I don't necessarily I'm not I'm not tripping over my feet to to take these players where these where where these current ADPs are. Like let me just look. So Connor, um, he's going around. Hold on. ADP right now. I sorry, I have to scroll all the way up because I was way down here in John Mechie land, and it's not doing the, it's not letting me find him. Uh, overall, Connor. Okay, so he's going around these guys like, um, so Godwin, who you worry so much about the quarterback situation with him, right? Same with the same thing with Evans. Are you interested in taking Deontay Johnson? there you know, like are these guys you're 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 super interested in taking right no. now mike i mean are, are you tripping over your feet to take mike williams in fantasy this this year with quentin johnston being there with like i mean dude to me it's like it becomes in a spot connor kind of comes around that area you start to see um you know some other players coming into focus that you're just like rashad white is here connor is here some of these dudes i'm just more interested in than taking a Kyle Pitts who looks like he's, I mean, nothing against Pitts, man. I've taken a lot of him so far this year, but the man, that brace on him looks big and bulky. I'm beginning to get a little bit worried about him. Um, so I'm just starting, I'm starting to think Connor could be a, could be a decent, a decent, you know, for his current ADP, which is 64 overall, which is middle of the sixth round. To me, it's a good life preserver mid round, you know, RB two, maybe even a guy you get as a flex. If you start out with two running backs, three wide receivers and come back and get a guy like him, you feel pretty good about that. And you, you always mention it and using the ultimate draft cheat sheet. What do we want to do? We want to start out fast and starting out fast is with a guy like James Conner. I think you can do that with the value you're given. You talk about the wide receiver dead zone, it's running back value zone. You take James Conner there, you get a, a strong, strong, strong five, six, seven weeks out of him. And then, you know, maybe he gets hurt and maybe they sign Zeke and then you can Zeke for free too.